Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. You've heard that old joke. Well, it must be true because it was on the internet. <laughs> that kind of thing happened a long time before the internet. You can get people saying things, and it gets said so often in so many different places that people actually believe it's true. We call them myths. Now, in this program, we want to talk about three marriage myths that if you believe, uh, they're going to wind up leading you in a direction you don't want to go. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam with MH International. You might know us as Marriage Helper. And this is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. So, Kimberly, let's start with the most common marriage myth that we hear among religious people, which is God has one person out there he's prepared for you. Yeah, well, I think in non-religious circles, it would be, I have a perfect soulmate. Oh, my soulmate's out there working. Although, or waiting, I should say. My soulmate's out there waiting. Hopefully working. (laughs) (laughs) Making some money. That's right. Okay. Get ready for me. But never stopping to think about where did soulmate come from? Actually, it came from mythology where it said that the gods um, took a soul and divided it into pieces and put one in a female body and one in a male body. And your job was to find the other half of your own soul. Mm. Well, based on the odds of how many people are alive on planet Earth today, that make the odds about three and a half billion to one that you could find the other person out there. So whether it's that kind of thing, soulmate, or whether it's religion, and let's particularly talk about religious people are more difficult to sometimes persuade. I know God has that person for me. Is that a myth or reality? I would say it is a myth that there is one person perfectly that God has prepared just to be your spouse. And why would you say that's a myth? Well, I believe, I mean, talking about God and in, in the spiritual sense, I believe that God can work through a lot of different options. And I do believe that God can move us to certain people and, and lead certain things to happen. But I don't necessarily believe that there's one person. And if I miss that person, um, uh, your yeah. life is over. Life is over. Or, and I think where we start to see this really cause a lot of problems is someone does get married. They start Mm. having problems. And then because they have that belief, it's, well, this isn't my soulmate. Right. So obviously God didn't intend for me to be with this. It wouldn't be this hard. You see, I once talked to a guy who was leaving his wife for his old high school girlfriend that he found on on, on Facebook, actually. And, And here's what he said to me. God's giving me a second chance. Oh, my gosh. To be with that person he wanted me to be with to begin with. And why did they break up? (laughs) I didn't think to ask him that question. That would have been a good question to ask him. But here he was saying, I have this perfect person God's prepared. Unfortunately, it's not the one I'm married to. Right. And so we hear that all the time. God sent that person. God sent that person. Well, I have a bachelor's degree in Bible, most of a master's degree before I actually changed fields. And I have looked all through my Bible it ain't there. Ain't there. No. <laughs> Let's talk Southern. It ain't, it ain't there. there. <laughs> it's just not there. Instead, we're taught about how to have relationships. And those principles are there. 
And the reason it's such a destructive belief is when you enter into your marriage with that expectation of Mm -hmm. ease, of perfection, Mm -hmm. of all of that, then are you going to invest as much in making it good? Are you going to do the hard work that needs to be done in order to more? Or even if you do, it's not going to be perfect. And you're going to start thinking, I don't think God did his job (laughs) because if I'm supposed to have that perfect person out there, but that doesn't exist. So that's a common myth. Now you should take heart in that. I shouldn't be discouraging like, Oh my goodness, God doesn't have that one person out there. My soulmate's not waiting on me. If you get past that myth, you can start evaluating people better. There's not just one, and you haven't missed your only opportunity. Wherever you are today, whatever state you're in, whatever age you are, there's still people out there that you could have a good relationship with and a strong marriage. So don't think there's just one. You know what I heard a couple of weeks ago? I have a friend who's about my age, but she's back in the dating scene. And so she was talking about how there are apparently men on apps that want to know your credit score before you can go on a date with them. Interesting. And there's a lot of things like that. People, basically what's happened is people have made their own list of perfection. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, if the person doesn't meet everything that I think needs to happen, even though I'm single and there's probably a reason for it, if there's... (laughs) If they haven't met all of this, then I'm not even going to think about starting a relationship with them. And how destructive is that? Because you and I know you could take any two people and take them through a process to fall in love. You can. But I do understand having some criteria, like I want a person that's not a heavy drinker, you know, things like that. Sure. I mean, some make sense, Mm -hmm. but their credit score? Like, what is it supposed to be? I don't know. I don't even know my credit score. And there's other, and there's just other things like that. Um, like not, and apparently this is another popular one, not wanting to be with a woman who works too, not, not works too much, but doesn't have a flexible enough schedule that she can't get on a plane with me and go wherever I want to go when I want to go. Well, the worst one I heard before we go to the next myth, several years ago, a friend of mine, he was up in age. He said, I'm looking for a woman who's filthy rich, blue hair, and a bad cough. So she's about to die. <laughs> exactly. So he can okay. inherit all the money. Yep. Right. So what's another marriage myth? All right. Another marriage myth is once a cheater, always a cheater. And this one is rampant. Yeah. We've actually had people get angry with us, even say nasty things about us. Sometimes just attack us verbally because of the fact that we'll help a marriage when one spouse has had an affair, has cheated. We'll help them work out the situation, put it back together and save their marriage. And we've been told you are bad if you do that because Mm. once a cheater. So what's the response to that? The response to that is it's not true. Once a cheater, always a cheater. There's many different reasons that a person can end up having an affair. And each of those reasons should be dealt with differently. But a person can change their behaviors, fix their relationship, their marriage, and have a strong and healthy relationship and marriage. I need to say that have a strong and healthy marriage going forward and not ever have an affair again. Mm-hmm. I had an affair and wound up divorcing my wife, Alice. This was a long time ago, well before Kimberly was ever born. And um, we were divorced for three years. And when I asked her if she'd be willing to take me back, everybody in her world said, you can never trust him again. If you were to take him back, he'll wind up doing the same stuff he did before. And so her family, her friends, everybody. Now, not because they were bad people, 
but because they didn't want her to get hurt again. But they actually believe that myth that, well, once you've done some terrible thing, you can never be trusted again. If that's the case, we're all in trouble because none of us is perfect. That's right. That's right. And it's that mindset of, well, once a person does this, then never that, I mean, where do you stop? Yeah, exactly. Alice and I have been happily remarried for 35 years, and you came along in that second marriage, so we think we've been blessed tremendously. So there's another marriage myth out there, and that's typically about sex. So the the next myth is that if a couple has a great and amazing sex life their first year of marriage, that it will always be that way. Yeah, and actually that one is fed. That myth is fed by television, by movies, by novels, that it makes it sound like, oh, even all the way back to the fairy tales, and they live happily ever after, mm. which really is a fairy tale. And what we tried to, I actually saw marriage fall apart one time because he couldn't handle the fact that after they had children, his wife was not as interested in sex with him, nor even have as much time for sex with him because she was so fatigued taking care of a couple of toddlers. And he was saying, see, she was false advertising, mm. false advertising. Yeah. She seemed to be so interested in sex when we first got married and look at her now. And how can I stay with some woman who would not fulfill what she made me believe she was going to do in sexology? We call it sexual habituation. And basically what that means is after you've been making love to a person for about two years, it's not like, well, oh, you mean Tuesday at 10 and our time is up about two years, then um, the frequency decreases and the repertoire decreases, meaning you won't do as many different things together. And you can finally get to the point. Uh, Barry McCarthy, who is a tremendous sexologist, researcher, teacher, writer, uh, lecturer, talking to Barry once about that. And he said, until people finally realize that even in really, really good marriages, great sex is only going to happen maybe 15% of the time. Mm. And the rest of the time, it's going to be, you know, helping your body because of all that happened from sex and fulfilling, reducing tension, a bunch of other things like that. You've heard that old country illustration about this, haven't you? I believe I have. It has to do with a lot of pennies. Mm -hmm. What is that? The illustration is if you take a jar and you have a bunch of pennies and you put a penny in the jar every time you have sex in your first year of marriage. First two. First two years of mm -hmm. marriage. Then after those first two years, if you start taking a penny out every time you have sex, you will never empty the jar. <laughs> and that's how the old country folks used to illustrate it. Um, and, and it basically, like I said, we know now it, that's sexual habituation. You can have good sex. You can have great sex. But you must understand that in a marriage, once you've been together more than a couple of years, once you've been together more than a couple of years, that sometimes it's just going to be so-so. But that is good enough. And so Barry, the sexologist, that uh, researcher, et cetera, he says, you know, and he actually wrote a book with his title, Sometimes it just needs to be good enough sex. And that's the name of the book that he wrote. Well, Kimberly, that's three quick marriage uh, myths. We could talk about a whole lot more. And if you would like to know more, then send questions to us. How do they do that? Yes. Comment below with other marriage myths that you have heard. And we will use that to fuel future episodes where we address common marriage myths. 
Thank you for being on the program with me talking about this. And I guess people need to do something underneath like that. Yes, we would love if you're listening as a podcast, be sure that you follow the show. That way you'll be able to get notified when new episodes release. And then if you're watching on YouTube, be sure that you like the video and hit subscribe so that you'll be notified when new content drops as well. And we have more content that comes on YouTube than we even do in the podcast. Also, Share this with a friend. Share this with someone who you believe needs to hear it. And it's a great way to help us grow our show as well. And leave a five-star rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really helps our show to continue to grow. Thank you very much. And we'll see you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.